Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Related Show on the planet at the John Campy Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, John Campy, and it's an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies and movie news, TV and streaming, all sorts of good stuff. Got a full house here today. We got Robert Meyer Burnett over here. Ray Ora sitting back there. We got Taylor Gonzalez in front of the show, Jonathan Voico, and uh, back from a short uh, illness hiatus, yeah. the delightful Chris Carr is back. And most importantly, you guys are here. Thank you so much for being here, making this show part of your day. Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it into two parts. First half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Once we get to the end of our main topics, we will announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. We only leave them open for just a couple of minutes. But once we do, that will be your cue to send in your thoughts, theories, opinions, and questions, and we will address those in the second half of the show. Also want to remind you guys, if you need your daily fix of the John Campia show, but maybe you're driving, you're at the gym, you need a podcast. Well, good news, there is a podcast version simply called the John Campia show podcast. Just go into your favorite podcasting app of choice, select it, subscribe to it, and it'll be there when you need it. Uh, also, programming note, uh, I had mentioned that since the new episode of The Last of Us comes out tonight, that we would be doing our Last of Us after show tomorrow on Saturday. We will not. We will be waiting until Monday to do our, uh, because on linear uh, HBO, it's still not airing until Sunday. So we're going to wait until Monday to do our Last of Us episode five after show. So keep your guys' eyes open for that. All right. With all that down, we got a few things to talk about off the top here. And the first one is this. You know, there's a long list of things. Alcohols I've never drank. Uh, All of them. Personal conquests of Robert Meyer Burnett. Long lists. <laughs> One of those long lists is also the long list of reported upcoming Star Wars projects <laughs> that we never seem to actually see come to fruition. There's a whole lot of them. Kevin Feige's got one. Uh, I mean, everybody's got one. Uh, not Sasha Barako and uh, Taika Waititi's got one. And the, the Russian, everybody's got them. Everybody's got them. Well, one of the more recent ones that they was reported was coming was that Damon Lindelof, who's been on a little bit of a hot streak lately, especially with the Watchmen series and stuff like that, that he had some luck on. Uh, we talked a while ago about Damon Lindelof has a Star Wars movie coming. Of course, like everything else, we'll believe it when we see it when it comes to Star Wars. But now there are some headlines going around saying Aquaman's Yahya Abdul-Mateen, who is phenomenal, is going to be the lead in that film. But is that actually the case, even if this movie ever happens? So here's what happens. So Jeff Snyder, who's broken a, a number of big stories as of late, he was also the one that broke that Harrison Ford was going to be the new Thunderbolt Ross mm -hmm. in the MCU. That turned out to be true. He's been nailing a couple things lately. Now, this okay. is coming from the idea that he has put forward that uh, people are saying that Jeff Snyder is saying, yeah, you Abdul Mateen is it. That's not exactly true. See, here's what happened. This is the actual quote, and I'm reading this from our folks over at CBR, and they wrote this. A reputable scooper, Jeff Snyder, claimed that Lindelof is keen to cast Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Well, he, actually, he didn't really say that, but we'll get into the details this year whom he previously worked with on an HBO series, Watchmen, in his untitled Star Wars project in an episode of the Hot Mike podcast. We talked about 
how the leads are going to be black, right? He said, it's a black uh, male and a black woman, I was told. And I think I've said this before, so make sure to note this when you're doing it. I've already said this. The black actor came attached to the movie. Who does Damon Lindelof have a relationship with? You know, who did he just work with on the last thing that got him this job? You want to say, yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen's name, so, so, do, so I don't have to? Anyway, as the podcast goes on, what becomes clear is that Jeff Snyder was not actually saying, I can report to you that Yahya Abdul-Mateen is going to be that actor. What he did, in fact, say was that this Star Wars movie that David, Damon Lindelof is supposedly doing, I have been told it is going to be a black lead, black leads in it. And then he was rationalizing or speculating that it seems to make most sense to him that it's ultimately going to be Yahya Abdul-Mateen. And he's not wrong. I mean, they're the 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 dominoes are all lined up there for it to be Yaya Abdul-Mateen. He's an awards caliber style of actor. He has worked with Damon Lindelof. He's a hot name in the industry right now. It all would make sense. And I won't doubt for a second if we eventually hear, well, I doubt that this movie will ever actually happen, but if it did, I wouldn't be surprised at all to find it is Yaya Abdul-Mateen. But just to be clear, there's no actual story here per se saying that he can now report to us that it's going to be Yahya Abdul-Mateen. It seems more that he was kind of, you know, deducing that it's going to be Yahya Abdul-Mateen. And I don't necessarily think he's far off. Anyway, Rob, there's a lot of branches to this sick tree here. Yeah. One, is this movie actually even going to happen? But theoretically, if it did, what would you think about a Yahya Abdul-Mateen as a lead in a Star Wars film? I think he's an incredible performer and a great presence. I mean, to be fair... I thought that he was terrific. Uh, dude, I wanted to hate Lindelof's Watchmen. And it wouldn't have been, because I love Watchmen, the comic. And it was a sequel to the comic, not the movie. And I thought, for the most part, I had problems with it, but he was great in it. Oh, he, yeah, he was and, fantastic. And, and I, I've really loved him. I thought he was actually kind of underserved in Aquaman. I wanted more of him. Same. You know, I would have liked to have seen, because I thought he was a great Black Manta, and I'm, I guess he's in the next one. So... It makes sense to me, you know, when when you have showrunners or directors that like actors, you know, look at Scorsese and, and Leonardo DiCaprio or the people that say Woody Allen has worked with throughout his career. I think when people have companies of players, it makes sense. And this is obviously a, a, a great matchup. And if he's going to play whether a Jedi or a Sith or somebody else, that guy would be awesome in the Star Wars universe. And so why wouldn't you want it? But who's to say it? What, what movie? Yeah. <laughs> what movie, yeah. dude? I mean, is there a script? If you're casting actors, I would assume that you have a script to give to an actor and go, hey, can we cast you in this? I mean, in my mind, there's like 10 movies I'm making. <laughs> you know, and and, uh, and I can say, you know, what I really want is these actors. And people, you know, if Jeff Snyder wants scripts. to report on the things in my head, uh, that they can but if I'm going to go to my actor friends and say, hey, I'm going to put you in a movie, I can't go. It's in my head right now. But if it wasn't and we could make it, here's the script that's fictional. Now. Yeah, we like a real script. Yeah, yeah I know. It it's that... so nice when someone's like, I want to put you in a movie. And you're like, OK, but thank you so much. I mean, like you said, <laughs> but you said at the top of this subject, it's like movie we've heard. I mean, everybody and their brother has a Star Wars movie. Yeah, you know? the list is long. Where are they? You know, we reported Bob Iger said, you know what? There's a, these are $3 billion animated films. Why aren't we making sequels to them? Well, I was thinking, you know, you have this billion-dollar film franchise that no one seems to be making a movie from. 
Why did even the that? last one that was terrible made a billion dollars? Uh, uh, yeah. So where's that sequel? Not that I want it. Chris, <laughs> I, I mean, look, this is now just added to the pool of this growing list of supposed Star Wars projects. Yeah. It, it's, it's, we're, go, we're getting close to four years since the last Star Wars movie. We have no real official thing, anything. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy has said that, oh, uh, Taika Waititi's is the next one up, but absolutely no movement on that whatsoever. But I know, what, what do you think about this in general? But let's say, theoretically, this movie is happening. What would you think theoretically about a Yahya Abdul-Mateen as the lead in a Star Wars movie like this? I'd absolutely watch him in a Star Wars movie. It could be about the cantina band with him in it. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Children band. I would follow it. I would love it. Him and Max Rebo, let's go. And I do think the speculation here does make sense. Like, you can follow the thread here, right? He did an excellent job in Watchmen. I really, really loved that series. They worked so well together. We've talked about this so many times on the show before, too. You really need to have a shorthand with your actors. Directors need to be able to communicate clearly, concisely, and quickly with them because time is money and money is power. So if you can get through a scene and really get what you need from an actor quickly, that helps tremendously. So the fact that he already has a relationship with him, I think, speaks volumes. However, until there is actual stuff in the works, all yeah. this like pre, 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 pre-production, uh, I'm not that invested. And, and look, here's here's the reality too. Kathleen Kennedy's not going to be the head of Lucasfilm for much no. much longer. So as we saw with James Gunn coming in and Peter Safran coming in taking over DC, I mean, just weeks before that, they were saying Henry Cavill's back as Superman. Oh wait, the new bosses are in town, and no, they're not. So like. It's going to be interesting to see whoever the next up is to run Lucasfilm, and even if some of this stuff is in the work, it could have their they could have their plugs pulled really quick. Anyway, guys, question is for you: What do you think about this? Like, look, unless you've had your head stuck on a rock, you know, Yaya Abdul Mateen is a terrific actor. Obviously, he would be great in something like this. But would something like this even happen? We don't know. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down. Let's go on to another off the top here, shall we? And that one is this. You know, one of the more interesting directors in Hollywood, because he's, he's made a bunch of great films, is David O. Russell. Now, his most recent effort, Amsterdam, not so much. But this is still the guy who made American Hustle. This is still the guy who made The Fighter. This is still the guy who made Silver Linings Playbook. I mean, the, he, he knows how to make some really good movies. I mean, there's no taking. Yeah, his last one wasn't so great. Whatever. Also, you know who's been really hot lately? Kiki Palmer. Um, I While I was not the biggest fan of Nope, I liked the film, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't think it was honestly all that great. Kiki Palmer was terrific in it. And I know it sounds weird to talk about a Hollywood actress in these terms, but when she started hosting the... Um, what's the name of the, sh- the game show again? Password. The Password Show with Jimmy Fallon. She, I just fell in love with her in that. That's where her personality really shone and stuff like that. And obviously, we all love Sasha Barracone. He's an awards caliber guy too. Well, apparently, Kiki Palmer and Sasha Barracone have signed up and they are going to star in David O. Russell's new movie called Super Toys. Now, if you're like me, you hear that and you think it's going to be about, it's going to be an animated movie about toys who have superpowers, right? Uh, not quite. Uh, this is what we've got here. Super Toys, um... Uh, here we go. Russell will write and direct the feature, which stars uh, Palmer, that's Kiki Palmer, and Sasha Barrett Cohen as 70s toy sales reps on a life and death mission to save themselves, their marriage, and their live wire 12 year old daughter on the road in middle America per the logline. All right. So, uh, listen, I'll tell you what. 
notwithstanding Amsterdam, which was quite poor. This sounds terrific to me. And it sounds exactly like a David O. Russell kind of mm -hmm. film. And Sasha Barrett Cohen and Kiki Palmer playing off each other. This could be fantastic. So yeah, still, still got to unpinch my nose from Amsterdam. But that aside, I think this sounds like a winner. And if you're going to get these, this kind of talent signed up for it, Sounds great to me. Anyway, Chris, you hear about super toys. How does this hit you? This sounds fun. I am trying to wrap my head around Kiki Palmer having a 12-year-old child because I'm still just like, you've got to get to your spelling bee. No, you've got stuff to <laughs> oh, do. <yeah. laughs> I, I always will think of her as Aquila. Um, but I love her and I adore Sasha Baron Conan. I think they're both such wonderful actors. And, you know, David O. Russell has gotten into hot water with treatment of actors on set. Yeah. And these are two actors who aren't going to put up with some bullshit. And so I think this is going to be a really good match of everybody. You've got caliber talent, like high caliber caliber talent across the board here, directing and acting wise. But I think there's going to be a lot more respect on this set. And if there's not, ooh, things are going to change quickly. Rob, what do you think about this? It sounds good to me. You know, the first thing that struck me was the title Super Toys. Uh, the original story that Spielberg before that Kubrick's AI was based on was Super Toys last all summer long. So I thought when I was like, oh, my God, they're going to remake AI, <laughs> which is itself kind of about a toy. But um, the the uh, it sounds good. Um, dude, anything to do with toys of the 70s? Because I grew up, you know, I, hopefully they'll have some real fun toys, real good references back in the day to see what they I, I can't wait to see what they're selling. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? David O. Russell's got a new movie called Super Toys, and he's got Sasha Baron Cohen and Kiki Palmer signed up to star in it. It sounds good to me. Are you guys up for it? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's go on to one more off the top, and that is this. Don't know if you've heard, there's a Flash movie coming. Mm -mm. Yeah, I. Uh, what is the alleged June? I believe it's June 16th is the alleged release date of this thing. Chris still doesn't believe this movie's real. No. And I still think there's a 30% chance between now and then the name of the movie changes from Flash to Batman Flashpoint. That's but what it is. I'm it probably will. But they have, they're ramping up the marketing. We know we're getting a new trailer, I believe, on the Super Bowl this Sunday. Uh, go Eagles. At the Super Bowl this Sunday. And so they have released a poster ahead of it. And it's actually not a bad poster conceptually. It's not a bad poster at all. Actually, if you scroll down there, Jonathan, you'll be able to, to see the uh, actual post. There's the full there's the full thing. You got, of course, Michael Keaton's iconic back wing silhouette uh, flying overhead, um, obviously standing on some kind of... Look, and maybe this is just me reading into something, all right? I'm acknowledging that right up front. Maybe this is me reading a little bit into it, okay? Acknowledging that up front. I don't believe it's a coincidence that they're not showing Ezra Miller's face. Now, and now don't get me wrong. When the trailer comes, they get, they're going to show Ezra Miller. You have to. The movie's called The Flash for now. It's called The Flash, and Ezra's playing The Flash. But I don't believe for a second right now that them not showing Ezra Miller's face on this po poster was a purely artistic decision. <laughs> I, I believe, and again, maybe I'm reading into it, I, I kind of believe they went to the artists and said, okay, give us a really cool poster. One thing, don't don't actually show Ezra's face. We, we just want to avoid as much as that as we, we can at the moment. Again, maybe I'm wrong, but again, you know what? The end result is a pretty good poster. Mm -hmm. And to remind everybody, we have heard nothing but 
glowing things about this movie. I mean, I, I'm not talking just from the press releases. I've spoken to people who have seen this film and love it. James Gunn, who, yes, he's the head of DC now, but James Gunn had nothing to do with the making of this movie. Nothing at all. And James Gunn, who has worked with Kevin Feige and worked within the MCU and all that kind of stuff, James Gunn says this is one of the greatest comic book films of all time. Now, whether we agree with him or not, once we see the movie, we'll have to wait and see. But I got to say, while I believe the mandate was keep Ezra's face off it, I still think the end result is a, a conceptually a really cool looking poster. Anyway, Rob, you had a chance to take a look at this Flash poster. What did you think? Well, I mean, having Flash standing in the Batcave is just a cool idea. You know, and, and the tagline, Worlds Collide, is fantastic. And as somebody, you know, I, I haven't collected, I used to collect movie posters. I had hundreds of posters. I stopped collecting them because I didn't, I didn't like just to Photoshop images. I mean, this has an element of, of art to it. And I, I, I really do like this poster a great deal. You pointed out to me too, before we started the show, even the little tagline at the bottom there, Worlds Collide. That's it's a really cool thing it, to put it, in there. It is. And I, I, I think it's, I think it's a cool poster. You look at it and go, oh, I want to see that. You know, and you know exactly what it is. Now, I think there's probably a little bit of truth to your uh, uh, <laughs> assertion that Ezra Miller's face not necessarily appear front and center because they, of course, might not be the way you lead with the movie. Whereas you're leading with the character of the Flash and you're leading with the fact that he's in the Batcave, which is an in-universe cool way to lead because, you know, it, it poses questions. How did Flash find his way into the Batcave? How did they become friends? How does he know Michael Keaton's Batman? Or how do they? How does Flash know Michael Keaton's Batman? And I want to know. I mean, look at it. Come on, come on, dude. Come on. Yeah. Now, there's many reasons. And listen. And, and by the way, I, as problematic as Ezra Miller has made themselves, I still, and I make no apologies for this. I am actually a fan of the way Ezra Miller's portrayed this character in the uh, me DC too. up until this point. So I, I, I'm actually looking forward to the performance. I love them in that scene with um, uh, when they rescue Iris, Iris yeah, West. Yeah, it's a good scene. I love that scene. I mean, to me, that's that, and the tone of, the, of that was exactly what I wanted from a big screen flash film. Chris? I mean, uh, the, the charade continues, mm -hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> the poster is now out. <laughs> They're really, they're really taking this conspiracy far. What do you think about this alleged poster? It's a great poster for Batman Flashpoint. <laughs> this only furthers my belief that it's Batman Flashpoint. <laughs> and it's, it's fine. Jonathan and I don't like it. <laughs> it's well, fine. Sir, it's fine. I want to ask, I want to ask the, the guy who's actually responsible around here for putting graphics together for us. Uh, Ray, you you see the the poster. What what do you think about the poster? Do you think it's good, not good, a little too I, sparse? What do you think? I like it, but we've seen this shot sort of in the trailer what? where he's standing in the cave, and so it's just uh, him turned around. I really want to see a poster where we could get some more details on this suit. That's what mm. I'm interested in, in this flash yeah. because it's such a dramatic change from the Justice League uh, suit that I want to see up cl closer to it. But I guess we won't. Maybe maybe they'll have a a poster where he's much closer or at least the suit is um so we could see the details on that because it looks like a cool suit i mean it's really classic right i mean um in the teaser we saw lightning coming out of it or yeah. um um so i don't know it's a it's an okay poster 
All right, guys, question is for you. <laughs> you had a chance to see the poster. What do you think about it? Do you think I'm like really going too far into thinking that they're purposefully keeping Ezra's face off? I stand by it, even though it might be a little bit far-fetched. But I still think conceptually it's a pretty cool, cool looking poster. I would hang that on my wall if the movie's any good. What do you guys think about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, it's time for us to move on to our Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. Guys, if you are spending too much on your mobile phone service, and I guarantee you probably are, what are you waiting for? Go on over to Mint Mobile and spend 15 bucks a month for some of the best mobile service that you can get. And anyway, if you guys have a question for the show and you'd like to hear your voice on our show as well, just call our hotline number anytime, 24-7 at 951 268 Four two five nine, and uh, what do we got in the hotline today? Hey, John and crew, this is Orlando from Fort Lauderdale. Well, it seems like there's reports saying that Stars is bringing back Spartacus. I know, John, that you're a big fan of the Spartacus series. So, what do you think about this news about a new series coming to Stars? Thanks and bring on the filthy. On that end, and yeah, listen, I love. The, the Spartacus series is in my top three all-time favorite shows. Number one is Battlestar Galactica, the Ronald D. Moore version. And then I, I haven't defined which one has number two and which one has number three between Sons of Anarchy and Spartacus. And Spartacus was a show that I absolutely hated. The first like two and a half episodes, some of the worst television I've ever seen. <laughs> and the only reason I stuck with it was because our own Aaron Cummings was one of the stars of the show. She played Spartacus's wife. So that was the only reason I stuck with it. But man, I'm glad that I did because it quickly became one of my favorites at the time. And by the time the show was over, it was one of, one of my all-time favorites. I love this series. And Stephen S. DeKnight, who was the creator and showrunner of Spartacus, he went on to do a few other things, including being the showrunner of a little series called Daredevil. That was, he did the, he was the showrunner for season one of Daredevil, did a terrific job of that. Um, not the best highlight doing the Pacific Rim sequel. That one wasn't his best one. But according to reports that are now coming out from Variety, Stephen S. Tonight is actually coming back to do a sequel series of Spartacus that is set after the events of the original Spartacus show. So after Spartacus's rebellion is crushed by, by the Romans, it picks up after that. And I'm actually surprised it's taken this long because if you watch the Spartacus series, it ends seemingly suggesting this story of Rome continues. Like even now Spartacus is dead and the rebellion has been crushed, this story will continue. But nothing ever really happened. It's been like a decade. So, I mean, listen, you're getting this show that's one of my all-time favorites. You have the original showrunner back. I am thrilled. I am absolutely thrilled by this. I really hope they can same they can capture that same, you know, just viciousness and drama and the dialogue. That's one that was my favorite thing about Spartacus was the pure dialogue. Uh, I love this show. I'm so excited it's back. Rob, you heard about this. Does it make sense to bring it back? Is it is it seem like a desperate play? What do you think? I'll watch anything about ancient Rome. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, one of my favorite things that's ever been on television was, was the old BBC uh, I, uh, I Claudius series, which is amazing. But I thought Spartacus, like you, Spartacus was a really great show. I mean, I love this milieu. You and I both have a, a, a love of the movie Gladiator. 
Yep. You know, and I love, and I grew up watching sword and sandal movies, but I, I love the politicking that goes on. I mean, I love, I just, I think this is a great idea for a show. I will totally watch it. And, um, you know, it was, it, 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 it brought the filthy in the blood. So what's, what's not to love? Actually, just uh, want to take a peek at this. This is a picture right here of our own Aaron Cummings with Spartacus as she, as she played uh Sure, Sura? Sura? Yeah, as uh, Spartacus's wife in there. Uh, it was so exciting to see her. And she did this right after she did my movie. Oh, really? Yeah, she did. She did this shortly after she did the anniversary with me. At any rate, there's a Chris, you hear about this. I don't even know if you ever watched the original yeah. part. You did? Oh, yeah. what did you think about it? I had and what seen do you think Aaron about the in this sequel? and Feed the Beast. And so when I met her, I was like, <laughs> I know your work. Like, this is really great. Spartacus was great. Very, very bloody. Mm. Um, and I think that's what you kind of have to focus on should you do a prequel successfully. To Rob's point, those kind of political machinations, I think, are where all the intrigue lies. And exploring that, the time period itself, and then just delivering on like the the blood and sex position that comes with those kinds of shows. I think that's where this really thrives. So there's definitely an audience for it if it's done well. <laughs> You said blood and exposition. Oh, sex position. Sex oh, you did position. say sex position. Yeah. I'm like, sex. I thought you said no. sex position. No, it's something that like, Game of Thrones did all the time of, we need to tell you something really important, but maybe it's going to bore you. So it's going to be in a brothel in case you can't have your like focus here. Watch this pounding. But then also we're going to talk to you about a political scale issue. There are many. What's what's the name of the guy Again, who's in episode, the very first scene of The Last of Us show, the professor is talking about how the fungus is going to win. Oh, the guy from The Mummy. Yeah, so he is like the so main, he's, he's the guy who actor. runs the gladiatorium. That one guy he's a, from The Mummy. Yeah, he's, he's one of the stars <laughs> of Spartacus. And I just remember several scenes where he'd be walking with somebody explaining some important narrative while all around all the gladiators with all the female servants coming in are having like a mass, like many, many, uh, dialogue in massive orgy scenes in Spartacus. It, it was a lot of filthy, but it was awesome. It was really, really, really good. So guys, question is for you. Did you ever watch the original Spartacus series? One of my all-time favorites. What do you think about them coming back to it? Is it a little bit late or do you think the time is right? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to move into our main topics here now. But before we do, we're going to take a quick second and thank a couple of the sponsors of our show, our friends at HelloFresh and Rocket Money. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Guys, it's the new year. Do you remember those New Year's goals you promised yourself you'd stick to? HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door, taking the hassle out of dinner time. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right right in your own kitchen. My wife Ann and I have been constantly impressed by HelloFresh. Not only how absolutely delicious the food is, but how easy it is to prepare and how much fun we have doing it. Go to hellofresh.com slash campia65 and use the code campia65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash campia65 and use the promo code campia65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit.
Guys, we want to thank a sponsor of this video, Rocket Money. The average person has around 12 paid subscriptions. Think about that. If you think you're only subscribed to a handful of services, you might want to double check. With Rocket Money, you can quickly identify and cancel all of your unwanted subscriptions. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitor your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want and don't even use. Simply find the subscription you don't want and and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as the click of a button. My wife Ann and I moved out of Burbank two years ago and one of the first things I discovered when I loaded up Rocket Money was that I was still paying for a gym membership I haven't even been to in Burbank in two years. So stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to Rocket rocketmoney.com slash campia. That's rocketmoney.com slash campia. rocketmoney.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at HelloFresh and Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Remember, guys, when you try out our sponsors and support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us. So make sure you go down to the description of this video right near the top. You'll find links and promo codes for all of today's sponsors. And once again, thank you to HelloFresh and Rocket Money. All right, guys, with that down, let's get into our main topics here today. And the way we select our main topics is from you guys. You guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we absolutely have to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you'll see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit. And then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? Our first topic comes from Vinter. Did I miss an announcement somewhere, or does John, Jason Statham and John Cena popping up in the new Fast X spot come as a complete surprise? I wouldn't really call the new spot a trailer since it doesn't actually have any footage from the movie, but showing Larson and Momoa for the first time is cool. But yeah, Jason and Cena were the big surprise. What do you think about the development and how big of a role do you think they'll have in the film? All right, Vinder, thanks a lot for saying that in. Now, specifically what Vinder is writing about is, uh, I don't know if it was last night or earlier this morning, a short 30-second tease came up with a car with a like a like just a gray photo background and quick succession edits of, just like that, the various stars of the movie getting out of the car. So they had... You know, uh, Vin Diesel get out of the car, Michelle Rodriguez get out of the car, Ludacris get out of the car, and then Jason Momoa, Brie Larson, but a couple of surprises as well, Jason Statham and John Cena. Now, after that, <laughs> the actual full trailer of Fast and the Furious has now come out, and just like the, the mini, it has shown that John Cena is in it. I, I didn't know if John Cena was going to be in it or not. Jason Statham is going to be in it. There's some real intrigue there. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, the trailer heavily features Brie Larson. Game recognizes game. Interesting line. Of course, who doesn't want to see in a movie where two work girls wake up in an operating room and begin to beat the living crap out of each other? What was happening to them before they woke up? I have no idea, <laughs> and I don't think it really matters. Plus, you know, uh, just like the, the people Warner Brothers said to the poster designers, okay, uh, here's the thing. Make a great poster, but don't put Ezra's face in it. 
uh, I, I'm pretty sure the people at Universal sat down and said, okay, now let's make a trailer. I need the word family in it 37 times. Mm. Please make sure family is said 37 times. Taylor played a drinking game to it and almost died. <laughs> yeah, almost died. Alcohol well, is a real problem in America today. Just before the show. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. As somebody who viscerally hated Fast 9, and I'm a fan of the franchise. I like the franchise, but I, I even liked 8. Did not like 9 at all. I thought it was terrible. I got to say, this trailer's pretty good. This is a pretty good trailer, man. And it addresses very directly what has been one of the more vocalized objections that a lot of fans of the Fast and the Furious franchise has had over the years. It's like, remember when Fast and Furious was about racing cars? Well, they made sure to make a big spot of this trailer all about we're getting back to racing for pinks. Like, uh, but I guess it's also somebody dies if you don't win the race. I don't know. They're raising the stakes. So it seems like they're getting back to the car racing and all that kind of stuff. That's going to make people happy. I love the tie-in to Fast Five that Jason Moment. Now, they've done this little trick in the Fast and Furious franchise already before, right? Oh, yeah. Where you had uh, was Luke Evans. Luke Evans's character, well, now Jason Statham is here. It ties into one of the previous movies. And I'm actually related to this person. Well, they're doing it again. They're saying now Jason Momoa, I'm guessing, is the son of the clear and present danger bad guy uh, from Fast Five. Joaquin and now Bill he, made up. They, and, and now he's the son of that. But you know what? They may have done it already. It may be an, an overused kind of trope that you killed my father. But you know what? It works. And Jason Momoa looked great. In this, I, I think he sounded great. He lo- I love that one line, something about death. No, death is not acceptable when suffering is what's called for. Something along those lines, right? And the way they re-edited the footage from Fast Five to make it look like he was there and in those events, very creative, very creative. And I got to say, as somebody who's, again, Fast Nine is a just awful movie. I wanted to see in this trailer something that would get me excited for the franchise again. And you know what? They did it. This is, to me, this is a ridiculous, bonkers, over the top, but that's what Fast and the Furious is. But it felt like fun, whereas the nine didn't, this does. But I want to bring up one other thing. And that's the presence of Jason Statham. Make no mistake. Jason Statham being in this movie is a big fuck you to Dwayne Johnson. And if you remember, we've been talking a little bit lately on the show about of some questions coming. Hey, where's Hobbs and Shaw too? Where's Hobbs and Shaw too? And the producer saying, well, Dwayne Johnson doesn't, isn't, you know, if, if he wants to do it, we'll do. We don't know where I'm going to tell you right now. There ain't ever going to be a Hobbs and Shaw too. Oh, There's never going to be a Hobbs That's and Shaw. The only one I, I've seen. I hope. I hope I'm wrong about that. I know it's the only one you've ever the watched. Movie I know. I hope I'm wrong about that because I like Hobbs and Shaw. I did. I, I I was delighted with that movie, but I I think Jason Statham being in this movie is a big f you to Dwayne Johnson. And I and I'm not saying that as a fact. I'm not saying any producers told me that. But come on, we were all thinking it, weren't we? No. We're, no? <laughs> I, they, they brought back everybody. If they could, they probably would have brought back uh, Gal Gadot or Gadot. I mean, if she didn't die. But 
I, oh, they I already brought her back. Wasn't he in the? She's already uh, back. <laughs> was wasn't he in the uh, Fast and Furious franchise before? Oh yeah, yeah. That that's where that's David? where he got his start. Was but they brought him back when uh, Dwayne had his. Like, well, you know, he hasn't been back with... since Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, like that Hobbs and Shaw. So he wasn't in Fast Nine. Okay, oh no, that... no, he he was in a postcard scene. No, or was that postcard scene in Hobbs and Shaw? But he was the villain of what? Which? <laughs> where? Which? Doesn't he? Beat, oh, we, he was he beating beat, up the punching bag. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. was that at the end That's of Fast Nine? That's at the end of Fast Nine. Okay, so he did make a little appearance. Yeah. I still think him having a presence in this movie is a big middle finger yeah. to Ryan Johnson. I, I, okay, yeah. I, again, I hope I'm wrong. But I think, yeah, that Hobbs and Shaw made over $700 million. There's no reason for there not to be a sequel. Now I th I th I think we have our reason for there not be, I don't know. Again, I hope I'm completely wrong about that. Anyway, Rob... <laughs> I knew you would be happy with this being a direct tie oh. to Fast Five, which is your favorite of the franchise. What did you think about the trailer? First of all, John, as you know, we saw Fast Nine together, and I hated Fast Nine. And I love this franchise. I'm an unabashed lover of this franchise, unapologetic. Love Fast Five. <laughs> I think it's the Citizen Kane of the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> and Joaquin D'Alameda is one of my favorite character actors. Like you pointed out, Clear and Present Danger. Clear and Present Danger rules. It's oh, a great, I love that movie. And he's great in it. And to see him when, when he was in Fast Five, I'm like, yes, that was one of the things that made me love it more. And so to have him, I hope I hope they bring him back to do a scene, you know, like a father-son scene with what, or whoever Jason Momoa is to him, whatever. Um, I have to say, somebody who is done with this franchise, I watched this trailer like three times, right <laughs> one right after the other, and I felt... I felt like I was a starving man or a, 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 a man, a man that hadn't hadn't had water. You know, I was in there was a, this was an oasis of fastness. And it was it was it was what I was looking for. Did it shove your Colossus? Oh, my it shoved my Colossus no. to, the, to the side of the table. Uh, but no, I have to say this. This gave me everything, everything I want. I only hope and this. This is so silly to say. In, in Fast Nine, when they drive the they drive over the bridge and he connects and the car swings over the chasm, I was out. the The beginning of Fast Nine, that whole action scene, I was out. Everything in this movie made me want to see it. Really? So this comes. This car comes out. Come on, yeah. dude! Don't even start. This car falls out of a plane, pancakes this thing, somehow, with no damage to the car. Somehow the car <laughs> keeps going. Later. Later, two You're helicopters making... pick up a car, the same car. I don't think this could happen. You're making assumptions that these Family are in the same Family keeps your part suspension from being fucked with, okay? This is, this is real. <laughs> Family's right. the most powerful Exhibit form. Exhibit B. This is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> look, Justin as, Lynn. <laughs> as long, look, as they have to make me believe, you know, the thing about Fast Five is that those two cars could never take that that bank vault and drag it through the streets. It, there, it was too heavy, but you believe it. They make you believe it. The shark at the end of Jaws would not explode if you shoot compressed air. That's not how it works. You've never Spielberg tried. Makes you believe. <laughs> I want to believe. I, I'm like Fox Mulder when it comes to the the franchise. I want to believe. That is not nitpicking. See, and that's that's really, where the line got nitpicking. crossed. In you know, once you get into like Fast Eight, definitely in Fast Nine, where it's like. I, as an audience member, can't even pretend to believe. 
right. like the safe scene and all. Like I think even to a degree, the jumping from one building to another. I, I saw some YouTube videos where they do the mathematics on and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe it wasn't actually possible, but they're able to make you suspend disbelief to the point that you could believe it. Yeah. Right. Once you got into Fast Nine, they threw all that out the window. There was nothing like I couldn't even pretend to believe what was happening on no. screen. And hopefully in this, they're going to get back to that. But like, maybe, maybe yeah, even well, if it's not really possible. Look, you know, and, and by the way, Momoa's a great villain goes job. a long way. And his posturing, I'm like, oh, I'm so there for Momoa's Momoa, posturing. Momoa's doing his best Christopher Dentor there. There he yeah, is. Totally. Little Brazil, top of the head of the hill yeah. of Brazil. About, oh, no. Uh, yeah, this looks great. <laughs> motorcycle looks cool though. The Come motorcycle. On, by the way, that I can't. I don't know who is riding the motorcycle, but that one shot oh, where yeah. they're coming down the alleyway in the motorcycle, and there's something away, and they do that little. It was awesome. They do like a fifty-one fifty over the rail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean that on. looked again. I don't think you could actually do that, but I it. I believed it. I believed it. Now, Chris, mm -hmm. being our resident expert on all things Fast and the yes. Furious, mm -hmm. what did you think about the trailer? I can't believe I have to watch nine movies to figure out this shit. <laughs> uh, Come on, Helen uh, Mirren's in the trailer. Helen Mirren's in it, so I'm going to go see it. Um, I was really glad to see Jason Statham back as Hobbs and or Shaw. I don't remember which one he is. <laughs> I frankly uh, no, don't know. He's Shaw. He's Shaw? He's Shaw? Okay, cool. Um, I mean, it, it looks... Like what these movies are supposed to be. It's pulpy. It's big explosions. It's family. I don't know. It's an olive garden with a terrorist attack. Yay. Now, I am half expecting. <laughs> Did I get I'm, you, buddy? I'm half expecting this, though. <laughs> that you, that there's, there's that scene. Because this would be the way this thing has gone so telenovela, <laughs> that, like the fast franchise has. When at the end, he goes, I'm coming, son. Right? I think at the end, I'm expecting this. He's going to be desperately chasing down Jason Momoa, and then he's going to get into the room where he thinks Momoa is holding his son. And Momoa is just going to be standing there like this beside a Dr. Claw-like high back chair. It's going to be like this, right to the camera. Oh, God. And the camera's, the chair is going to turn around, and it's going to be his five-year-old son in a suit going, hello, father. Okay. And it's going to be he, Dominic's son, is the bad guy the uh, whole time. Look what this franchise is doing <laughs> to yourself. Amazing. That's right. That's what this franchise is doing to or, our brains. Or, or better yet, the end of the movie is Peter Falk sitting next to the kid's bed Peter reading him Falk. a story, and the entire Fast franchise has been the story that Peter Falk has been reading that. to him a la Princess uh, Bride. One more thing. One, one more thing. thing. Would the kid have the Dr. Claw voice? Would he be like, I'll get you, to I'll get you next time, Claw. Like, oh. <laughs> Hello, in, father. In that <laughs> no, you remember in Hobbs and Shaw, we never found out who that evil computer voice was at the end? It was Dominic's kid. Boom. Oh. Dominic, I'm telling you, know the what, though, ultimate mastermind. You've convinced me. <laughs> This could Come happen. Come on, Rob. This could happen. <laughs> and you know what? If it did happen, I wouldn't be surprised. What I really want to know is they better explain how two of our favorite <laughs> characters came crap. back from orbit. They went to the International Space Station. I love that you how have more problem with that but than how they got into orbit in the first well, place. I mean, it's, it's, but I want to know how they got home. <laughs> like, how do these guys get home from the International Space Station? I don't even know how they docked from their Fiero and got into the... No, in they the, never opened that day. Yeah, just be like, let him fly by. Yeah, just come on. All right, guys. Question is for you. What did you think about it? Listen, as much as I have not loved the directions, guys. Well, with Fast Nine and everything, I think this trailer was terrific. The job of a, of the trailers to get you excited about seeing the movie. I'll tell you what. This trailer's made me excited to see Fast Ten. I, I I loved what I saw. What did you guys think about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right. With that down,
Let's stick on the topic of Fast and Furious, shall we? Move yeah. on to main topic number two. All Chris, right. what is our second main topic Why today? Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> this comes from Adam V. Greetings, John and crew. I have no idea where it was at, but Vin Diesel just did sort of a red carpet event interview, and when asked who he'd like to have in Fast 11, he said Robert Downey Jr., he then went on to describe the character he'd play and wouldn't answer if he'd, he's already talked to Downey about the role. What do you think of this? And would you like to see RDJ li uh, live life a quarter mile at a time? <laughs> oh, my God. Did they say that? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's I live way my life worse a quarter mile at a time. What? Yeah, it goes all the way back to the, to the original first one. one. To the first one. It goes all the way back thing. to the original. Oh, oh so, Lord. Yeah. So Vin Diesel, like it's becoming a thing now where it feels like ever since like seven and eight and certainly nine, they are just like gathering up as many people as they can and throwing them in these films. It's like the NWO. That's right. It started off as a pretty exclusive club. <laughs> By the end, there were like 30 members of the NWO. It's like, oh my God, Ray Ora's with the NWO yeah. now. So Come on. They so Vin Diesel's on the red carpet. He's being interviewed by Variety, and he says, and they ask him straight up, like, "Do you have anybody in mind that you'd like to to see?" And he very specifically turns to camera and goes, "Robert Downey Jr." And then he goes on to explain the character. This comes to us from the folks at Variety, and they wrote the following: "Without telling you too much about this is Vin Diesel speaking. Without telling you too much about what happens in the future, there's a character who is the. This is talking about Fast Eleven now. There's a character who is the antithesis of Dom." who is promoting AI and driverless cars and a philosophy that with that goes your freedom, Diesel said. There is somebody that believes that that's the future and that is at direct odds with the Toretto mentality. However, when pressed about if he's pitched Robert Downey Jr. on the role yet, Diesel simply growled and said in a playful yet menacing tone, how dare you ask me this question in front of all these people? I have my pride and I have my dignity. So kind of, in an off about way, maybe implying that he has already talked to Robert Downey Jr. Again, it was pretty, I think, telling that when he was asked the question, there was only one name. He said, it's Robert Downey Jr. And this is the role I want for him. And then when asked if he spoke to him, he goes, I, I, he refused to answer that one. Now, I think this is fascinating because it shows that Vin Diesel is kind of aiming for the stars, I think, a little bit. And I think this is more believable than you might think. And a part of that is because with notwithstanding maybe him coming back to the MCU again, which I believe will happen eventually, but Robert Downey Jr. hasn't had a lot going on, right? And something like this, this could be a very low effort, easy kind of role to play for him, for an actor of his caliber to come in and do it and be a, once again in a worldwide smash hit franchise that isn't under the Marvel banner. Um, and it was sounding to me that, I mean, to say this out loud, for Diesel to say this out loud, it might become a little embarrassing if he hadn't already talked to Robert Downey Jr. about it. And I'm not saying Robert Downey Jr. signed on for it or anything like that, but if he hadn't talked to Robert Downey Jr. about it, what Vin Diesel has just done is he's backed himself into a little bit of a corner because now he's going to have to answer questions if it doesn't end up being Robert Downey Jr. And of course, whoever does end up taking this role is going to be asking all the press junkets, so what does it feel like to be sloppy seconds? What does it feel like to be second choice? Like everybody knew that he really wanted Robert Downey Jr. What does it like to be the one that they settled for? I, so that at least makes me suspect 
that he probably has had had at least a conversation with Robert Downey Jr. Again, I don't know. Maybe Vin Diesel is just caught up in the in the moment and yeah, he's at this fun event and he's just let's you know whatever's in the brain come out of the mouth the ecstasy but, hit <laughs> the ecstasy hit at that very moment i mean it, it happens to all of us so <laughs> I, I mean okay. i mean being yeah. caught up in the moment not the ecstasy hit no that's pretty much happens to everybody <laughs> the, the ecstasy hit happens to all of us so i don't know chris you hear this comment, these comments from Vin Diesel. <laughs> okay. Do you think he's actually talked to Robert Downey Jr.? Do you think Robert Downey Jr. Well, would do Vin something like this? Well, Vin and I have talked think? a lot about this franchise that I'm very invested in. Like, uh, I mean, look, there's so many people who are in these movies. Why wouldn't he talk to him about it? Brie Larson's an Academy Award winner. She's in this. Helen yeah. Mirren. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that there are a lot of big names they're talking to. So I'd believe it. I feel like he'd do well in this weird little world. I don't know. I mean, like it that. almost sounds like he's kind of describing Tony Stark well, in yeah. a way, yeah. right? I don't know, Rob, yeah. what do you think about this? <laughs> Look, man, you know, I keep going back to, I keep going back to, Downey did, I want to say it was an interview with Joe Rogan, and they were talking mm. about Tropic Thunder. Yeah, it's going back a couple of years, yeah. Yeah, and him talking about taking on the wall, of, like Rogan was asking, how'd you feel about this? It was a little, you know, this, you were really out on a limb. And he knows that he was, you know, and he says, I guess they asked, would you have done it today? But I think, I think Robert Downey Jr., I mean, is a very serious actor. He has a long career. It's 40-year career plus. I think the idea of him being like the uber villain of perhaps the fast, the last fast film would appeal to him. So he's going to be Dominic's son. Uh, oh, That's what I was going to say. <laughs> no, like uh, some Elon Musk, whoever he is. I mean, I think Robert Downey Jr. would be the kind of thing where if Vin Diesel called him up and said, uh, would you come down and do this? I think Robert Downey Jr. wouldn't hesitate. I think he'd be like, yeah, I'll totally do it. It's like when Jamie Foxx tells the story about how Jamie Foxx's daughter really loved Iron Man. And Jamie Foxx called up uh, uh, up uh, Robert Downey Jr. and said, it's my daughter's birthday. You know, I guess she's turning five. She loves Iron Man. Parties. I was just wondering if you could stop by. And he goes, what time's the birthday? How about noon? And he did. He stopped by. For just because somebody asked him. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. has made so much money off the Avengers movies, and he has his whole, he's Academy Award nominated. I just think he would do it because then he could say how fun. You could, everybody, nobody would say to him, why did you do that? Everybody would be like, that's so cool that you did that. Yeah. Because it's just fun. At this point in his life, the guy doesn't need any money. He doesn't have to work. But man, if he got to be, especially if he keeps the, that shaved head with the goatee, come on. He'd be great. Well, then he's Obadiah Stain, isn't he's he? He's like a tech villain. Yeah, Dominic Toretto built this car in a cave. Scraps. <laughs> 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 be great. And Michelle Rodriguez will be like, with all due respect, I'm not Dominic Toretto. It'll be amazing. <laughs> I mean, it. Come on, who wouldn't love that? Can you just imagine? All you have to have in the trailers, it, it, you could just see the back of his head, and it would be lit up in the darkness, and he turns around, and it would just say, "Fast Eleven, all roads end with him." Ooh. Oh. Now you're coming up with the tagline. Come on, dude. All roads lead that to it, Rome. <laughs> All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? Bum, Vin bum, Diesel bum. is saying he would like to. He's got this big main bad guy for Fast 11, the final Fast and the Furious movie, and he says he wants it to be Robert Downey Jr. Do you think he's actually spoke to him already? What would you think about Robert Downey Jr. in that role? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let me know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three, shall we? Chris, 
What is our third main topic today? Our third topic comes from Agent 47. Hey, crew. In an article by The Direct, Penn Bagley has now responded to rumors of him being cast as Reed Richards. The article cites John Horowitz's interview in which, he, when asked about Fantastic Four, he responded with can't deny or confirm answers. He further explained he might have met Kevin Feige years ago. Isn't that the same thing Patrick Stewart said before uh, Doctor Strange 2? But doesn't remember. John, to me, this was a very Andrew Garfield type response. So what do you say about this? Thanks for bringing on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in. And I should mention here, too, that the this comment was given on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, which one of my business partners is actually the producer of that uh, podcast. So I just want to put that down, down in the uh, the description of this video. You'll find a, a link to uh, that interview. You can go check it out in a totality. Now, of course, one of the early names that was floated around for a potential Reed Richards was the UTV star Penn. Uh, how do you pronounce? I think Badgley. it's Badgley. It is Badgley. Badgley. Okay, I so. I've said that before, and then somebody said I th they thought I pronounced it wrong. But then there's like Ed Bagley. I'll go with I'll go with Badgley until I'm corrected again. So is Penn Badgley from from you? And you know what? I mean, he's when you look at him, you're like, oh yeah. And then you watch him play this character, play his character on you, and you're like. I could see that guy playing that kind of role. Again, it all depends on how they write the Reed Richards character. Totally depends. But that has been a rumor and a whisper that's been around for a long time. Now, on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, they straight up asked him, what can you tell us about all these rumors? Like, are, could you be in the MCU? What's going on? And which he said this. He said, well, no, I can't reveal that. Neither confirm nor deny. No, I don't know what to say about that. So the old, I can neither confirm nor deny. Not a Andrew. See, you mentioned that it sounded like an Andrew Garfield thing. No, Andrew Garfield was said, no, I've never met Kevin Feige. I've never heard of Spider-Man. That's what Andrew Garfield would have said. I, I've never heard of Spider-Man. You were into Spider-Man moves. I have no recollection of that. That's what Andrew Garfield would have said. But he said in this context, he says, I, can, I, I can't reveal that, uh, neither confirm nor deny. And then when they pressed him on it a bit more, they're talking about Kevin Feige. He's, you know... It's possible that I have met Kevin Feige, but not in this context. I might have met him years ago and and wouldn't. I don't know. I'm not sure. And then he pulled this little BS thing where he goes, where he goes I, honestly, I'm not. How do you pronounce his last name? Fe Feige? Uh, and the guy said, Feige. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So like he pretended he didn't know how to pronounce Kevin Feige's last name. Look, even if you had never met Kevin Feige in your life, and even if you have never watched a Marvel movie in your life, if you are a professional actor working in this industry, you know the names of the biggest producers in the world. <laughs> so this whole little BS thing he pulled where he goes, by the way, I'm not even sure. How do you pronounce it? Is it Feige? Faragi? What is that? Wilt? Wilt Disney? <laughs> Wilt Disney? <laughs> I, I, I mean, so that to me was just pure BS. Look, do I think... That him saying I can neither confirm nor deny anything. Do I think that's him kind of implying he's going to be Reed Richards? No. I, I think maybe there were some other actors, maybe in a slightly different context, that maybe would make me suspicious. And by the way, I am not saying I don't believe that he will be Reed Richards. He's very much a player. He's very much a player in this game. But uh, do I take him saying I can neither confirm nor deny? No, because look, the Andrew Garfield situation has created an environment that let's say he came out and said, no, 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 I can shoot that down right now. I'm, I'm, I'm not playing Reed Richards. Well, that wouldn't really mean anything anymore, right? After the whole Andrew Garfield thing, it wouldn't mean anything. 
So what do you say? You say, you know what? The safest thing for me to say is I can neither confirm nor deny. And again, another actor in a different context, maybe that makes me suspicious. It doesn't make me suspicious here, even though I still think his name is probably in the hat. Anyway, Rob, uh, you read these comments. You know, we've talked about him in the past as a possibility for readers. How are you feeling about that now? And what do you make of his comments? Well, I mean, it, I'd have to hear the way he said it. Yeah. Because it sounds to me like he's he's doing he's doing press for uh, the new season of You, the fourth season, I guess, mm-hmm. in London. It looks pretty good. I, I watched mean, the first, like, five episodes. Oh, is it good? I think that many. It's it's okay. It's but, interesting. Okay. Yeah, because there's yeah. someone else doing killings. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. It looks good to me. So if he was not expecting the question in the interview, and then he was kind of stumbling around, and that's what he said, I would have been like, okay. Or if it's more, if it, it depend, if it's a playful response, I mean, I could definitely see him playing this role because he's uh, playing Reed Richards because he's not a movie star yet. You know, he does. I mean, he's been in movies, he's done television, but he's not like an A list movie star, right? And that's where Marvel likes to cast from, because you go in these Marvel movies, you become an A list movie star when you work on the Marvel films, but they can still get you cheap, and they sign you up for three movies or whatever or five. Um, because of Avengers movies, so I could see I could see him being a really good candidate for this. Do I think that his comments mean anything? Like you, probably not. But I'm willing to say I didn't hear them. I didn't hear him say it. I'd have to hear the actual words he used and how he said them. But based on this, I'm like, no, he's probably just having a bit of fun. Because in his mind too, if he isn't cast by responding the way he did, somebody might go to Kevin Feige. Hey, did you hear? Ken ba- or Badgley on the whatever podcast it was, and maybe it'll put him on Feige's radar. You well, know? I mean, there have been so many rumors about him being – he's already on Feige's yeah, radar. Yeah, I mean, it's just – right? uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, Chris, um, we've been talking about the Reed Richards potential casting for a while. His name is one of the first ones that's been bandied about and has stayed pretty consistent. Do his comments and his reaction to the question – Make you believe anything one way or the other? Does it mean nothing? Does it mean something? What do you think? It means nothing. I trust and love no one. Look, he he could be Reed. He very possibly could. Reed Richards is never going to be able to have a, a voiceover. I'll tell you that for free. Because it's going to sound all creepy and like Joe from you. Where we're going to be like, get out of there, Sue. He's going to murder you. So they're going to have to tread lightly. Um, but I love this actor. I think he's wonderful. He has an excellent podcast, too, um, about relationships. It's really, really great. Um, and he's a, a serial killer has a podcast about relationships? This actor does. I'm Penn has kidding, one. It is, it is very sweet, though, being like, oh, listen to this like sweet man talk about you know different relationships with people. And then you watch you, and you're like, oh, I hate everything. I hate this juxtaposition. But he uh, he's a great actor who a lot of people are, are you know really into right now. He's on a hot streak. Wouldn't surprise me if he's in talks with Marvel. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? His name's been out there for a really long time. He might already be signed. Maybe he's not even in the running for it. Does his saying, I can neither confirm nor deny, does that make you think anything one way or the other, or is it just another thing to say? Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's get on to main topic number four, shall we? Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This comes from 4K Man. I know it's no shocker that actor wants job and big movie, but wondering if you saw that Brendan Fraser is talking about returning to The Mummy again. This time, it was specifically about him re-teaming with Michelle Yeoh, who is also an Oscar nominee this year. There seems to be a lot of chatter about this, and like you always say, studio loves established franchises. Do you think The Mummy 4 will actually happen? 
Thanks. All right, 4K man, thanks a lot for sending that in. And listen, ever since The Whale, everybody has been talking about The Mummy and doing that. Remember, there was supposed to be a Mummy 4. They were all set. Brendan Fraser was going to star in The Mummy 4. They were all set to do it. And then Universal decided to scrap it because instead they decided to do this dark universe and they were kind of relaunching The Mummy with Tom Cruise, a movie that I still contend was not a complete dumpster fire, but clearly wasn't nearly as good as they needed it to be. Uh, and that kind of all went away. But so ever since Brendan's Brendan's name has become like more prominent again and started getting the buzz in the award circuit, people talking about The Mummy. And Brendan Fraser has said, I would love to return to The Mummy. He said that before. Well, this time he was asked specifically, because you've seen reports going around that Brendan Fraser says him and Michelle Yeoh should do The Mummy. Well, he didn't come out and say that. What happened was he was asked a question. He was being interviewed, and, and a question was directly put to him asking about doing it. Now, this comes to us from the folks over at Screen Rant who wrote the following. For his part, Fraser seems amenable to making The, the Mummy 4. Asked during an appearance on the Awardist podcast via Entertainment Weekly about the possibility of him and fellow current Oscar nominee Michelle Yeoh re-teaming for another mummy, Fraser expressed nothing but enthusiasm. Sounds like fun. I'm always looking for a job. If anyone's got the right conceit, I think I've I think I've never been as famous and never been as unsalaried as at the moment as I am right now. So spread the word. I love this guy. I love that guy. He goes, I've never been as famous as I am right now or as unsalaried. He's as I am so right now. sweet and earnest in this interview too, where he's just like, yeah, I'll do whatever. Cool. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, so uh, look, so just to be clear, I know a lot of the headlines will make it look like Brendan Fraser come out and say, yes, he's holding a press conference. Yes. I have a prepared statement. I would love to do Mummy 4 with Michelle Yeoh. No, he was asked specifically whether he would like to do it. And obviously Michelle Yeoh, in North American terms, she's never been as famous as she is right now, obviously because of everything ever all at once, being one of the front runners. I mean, she's going to probably come in second place to Kate Blanchett, but still being one of the front runners for an Academy Award this year. Look, I think everybody agrees that the idea of going back to the movie theater to watch another The Mummy with Brennan Fraser... Oh, and hell, add in Michelle Yeoh now, too. But I think I think the world would agree with that. I think you got people, for, I think people in Russia and the Ukraine and America and everywhere else could join hands and say, yes, we would all like to see Brendan Fraser return in a, a mummy movie. We'd love to go see it. And you know what? The one part of your message is the key to all this. Studios love recognizable IP. They're looking all. That's why a Monopoly movie is being made because people know the name Monopoly. Make a movie about it. They love established IP. Brendan Fraser is a hot name right now. I mean, look. Does this mean they're going to do it? No. Would I like to see it? Yes. Chris, you heard these comments. What do you make of them? I want it to be true. I love him. <laughs> I love him so much. And I again, I just really love that when this question was postured to him, it was just. Yeah, man, like people are talking about me again and I'm not working. Sure. I would love a job. Did you know Batgirl just got canned? Please give me a job. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's do something. I think he's so talented and so tremendous. And gosh darn it, did Hollywood do him dirty. And so I really, really love seeing a good, talented actor who's also a good person get back in there and really just, you know, get a lot of opportunities again. I would love to see him return to this. What was the name of the one that he did with Joe Pesci? That wasn't with honors, was it? Oh, I'm not sure. No, no, that, no, 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 no. There was with honors, and then there was 
there was uh, uh, school ties. He did a movie called School Ties. With, Is, that was with not Joe Pesci, but with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. But yeah, but what was the one with Joe Pesci where uh, Joe Pesci... What's it called? It with honors. That was with honors. Okay, okay, yeah. So that was with honors. Um, he's listen. That's one of the cool things about Brendan Fraser. He's always been a guy who is, I can be George of the Jungle, and I could lead a hard hitting drama. Mm-hmm. He's he's and that was kind of rare in that era. And we're seeing and being reminded he's the big drama guy again. But he, I think he can still be the fun movie star too. Well, and he walked so you could have a Chris Pratt, or so you could have these, you know adventure action guys who can also land a joke and be charming and funny and take a a laugh at themselves and still, you know, you believe that he'll end up with Rachel Weiss. Yeah. And by the way, there's the, uh, the uh, slave owner in, uh, in Spartacus again. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about Brendan Fraser's comments here about him and Michelle Yeoh? I mean, clearly he wasn't making any predictive statements, but would you like to see it? I know I would. I'd be down for it. Absolutely. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move into our fifth and final main topic here today, shall we? Chris, what is our fifth main topic? Our fifth topic comes from the Antagonistic Anonymous. Hey, crew. While we're all excited to see Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds team up in Deadpool 3, there's always a looming question of if any other X-Men will be tagging, and, well, it looks like we might have a hint. In an interview comic with ComicBook.com, Patrick Stewart was asked about returning as Professor Xavier in Deadpool 3, to which he answered that he has been told to stand by. Personally, I was 100% expecting Mr. Stewart to return as Charles since Hugh was also returning, but it's nice to see a solid hint to that notion. What do you think about this tease, John? Thanks for bringing on the filthy. All right, thanks a lot for writing that in. And... Listen, one of the big questions that came up when they made one of the best pieces of movie news to come out in my entire career, that Hugh Jackman was coming back to play Wolverine again for a Deadpool 3 movie. This is the news I've been waiting years to hear, right? But one of the big questions that came up with a lot of fans and viewers was, do you think Patrick Stewart will be in it? And I was like, I mean, it's possible. But I said, I don't think he will. I think they're going to kind of keep the focus here and whatever, but... How cool would that be? Because we love Patrick Stewart as Professor. We love him as Picard. We love him as pa- whatever. We love him as he he was Duncan, right? Wasn't he Duncan in Dune? No, he was no, no, uh, Gurney Howell. Gurney, that's right. He was Gurney in, in Dune. But we love him in everything, right? And we certainly love him. Listen, I still contend this, not just the, me fanboying. I really honestly felt Patrick Stewart should have gotten a Best Supporting Actor nomination for Logan. I really do. I stand by that. Now, that being said, it looks like I may have to reconsider that thought that, nah, he won't be in this Deadpool thing because uh, he's being told to keep some time in his calendar available. This comes to us from the folks over at CBR who wrote the following. They said this. Stewart was asked if he would be appearing in Deadpool 3, which is currently deep in pre-production. I have been told to stand by, the actor surprisingly revealed. I know nothing more than that. Honest. At this time, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman are the only actors confirmed by Marvel Studios to be appearing in the upcoming threequel, uh, with the duo reprising their X-Men roles as Wade Wilson slash Deadpool and Logan slash Wolverine, respectively. Deadpool 3 is scheduled to begin filming in May of 2023. All right, look, we know a couple of things. Kevin Feige is all about fan service. It's about more than fan service, absolutely. But Kevin Feige loves giving that fan service pop to the audience. We know he loves Patrick Stewart. 
because he approached Patrick Stewart years ago. Patrick Stewart talked about this person years before that. Then, of course, they put him in the Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, and probably what is universally agreed upon as being the best scenes in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. That little part where his wheelchair rolls in, man, the whole theater got super excited about that. And if you're Kevin Feige and you're all about giving those moments and that fan service and all that kind of stuff, and look how great, and by the way, Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart love each other. Like they have a fabulous relationship and they have a huge amount of respect for each other and they love working together. I honestly, now that I've read this, because I'm going to do 180, because I said before, I don't think they'll do it. I think they'll just focus on, you know, Deadpool and Wolverine. I don't think this is going to be the, Deadpool, Wolverine, and Professor X movie. But I, I'm now coming around on this with him saying they've told me to stand by. You're not telling Patrick Stewart to stand by for nothing. Nope. So, and I think it's so, I don't think it's going to be a major, major role, but it ain't going to be Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness quick cameo either. So I, I'm, I'm guessing somewhere in between. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Bring this on. I love what I'm hearing. Anyway, Rob, you read this. How are you interpreting it? Well, we know the movie takes place pre-Logan. So the situation, because they didn't want to, they've talked about how they didn't want to negate that. So whatever multiversal something rip in the space-time continuum, I could absolutely see. Because if you look at X-Men 1, Professor Xavier and Logan have that relationship. It's kind of that, it's the heart of the whole X-Men, Fox X-Men franchise was the Wolverine relationship with Professor X. So... I could see that before Wolverine gets sucked into whatever he's getting sucked into with Deadpool, that there's something that they're doing together. Wolverine, Professor X, the other X-Men or something. Because if you're going to make a Wolverine-Deadpool movie, why not bring in all the X-Men? Like, what if they're in some gigantic battle with mm. somebody, you know, and, and or something? I could see them, because it, it's going to be the last hurrah, maybe, uh, other than Secret Wars. Maybe they'll bring these characters back. Or maybe they're even teeing up, because I was thinking, what are they going to do with this movie? Like, how do they fit it into what they're doing? Because if it's in the MCU or whatever, it would make sense that they could use this movie as somehow a way to get into Secret Wars, somehow. They've got Multiverse of Madness. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's a legit co-star in this movie that Professor X is a co-star in some way, shape, or form, and that his relationship with Wolverine is is critical or intrinsic to whatever happens with Deadpool. So I think probably so. I mean, I I, I would now, I would be hard-pressed to believe he's not in the movie. Mm. Chris, let me pose it to you like this. You're given, after reading what you've read, yes. you're given four options. Patrick Stewart is not in Deadpool 3. Mm-hmm. He has a cameo in Deadpool 3. He has a minor role in Deadpool 3, or he has a major role in Deadpool 3. Which of those four Mm. options do you think is the most likely here? I mean, I feel like it's cameo, maybe small supporting, just because of the audacity to tell Jean-Luc Picard to stand by, (laughs) to tell King Richard, get out of here. He only waits for Godot, not you people. All right? So, theater joke for all of you. That went over so many Yeah, so many people were like, who? existential theater you guys uh so i think it's going to be a smaller thing i just don't see him having a huge role in this because i do think the focus is going to be on wolverine and deadpool having this kind of buddy cop i'm getting too old for this shit kind of relationship yeah i i'm gonna i'm gonna lean towards that that in in nothing quick cameo small role or major role i I, i'm gonna lean to the small role i think it's gonna be more than one quick cameo 
I, I don't think it's going to be a major role. So I think it's going to be in there somewhere. Or, I mean, hell, it might end up being nothing. But that's what I'm going with. And I love it. Guys, question is for you. How do you feel about this? Do you heard what Patrick Stewart's saying? Do you think it's much ado about nothing? Do you think he's definitely going to be in there? If so, how big or small? Quick cameo? A small role? A major role? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to take a second here to thank a couple of the sponsors of our show, and then we'll be moving on to our main, or not our main topics. We're going to be moving on to take your live comments and questions. So we are now going to open up the Super Chats. But before we get to those, we want to thank a couple of the sponsors of today's show, our friends at DraftKings and my mobile service provider, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video, DraftKings. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to see what prop bet will be boosted. Going into Super Bowl 57, I think you got to look at the Philadelphia Eagles as taking home the big prize. Keep your eye on Jalen Hurts. He's going to be the difference maker in the game. So guys, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code Campia. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code Campia. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video, Mint Mobile. If saving more and spending less is one of your top goals for 2023, why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for your phone bill? Switching to Mint Mobile is the easiest way to save this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just 15 bucks a month. You guys know I made the switch over to Mint Mobile a while ago. The process couldn't have been easier and I can't believe that I am spending less than a third of what I was spending on one of the other major carriers before. By going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes the significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily in minutes with eSIM. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia that's mintmobile.com slash campia cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia and thank you to our friends at DraftKings and mint mobile for sponsoring this episode of the john campia show okay guys with all that down let's now get over to the super chats and the live comments and questions you guys have been firing in chris what do we got in there today Okay, our first one is from Amin. Fast X trailer thoughts. The ADR was terrible. It did <laughs> not need to be four minutes. Basically saw the whole film, but it still looks damn fun. LOL. I, I, okay, so this is one of those things. There's two questions I have. Number one, I'm not so sure we saw the whole film. And secondly, does it really matter in a Fast and the Furious movie if we have seen the whole film? <laughs> does it really matter? And I'm telling you, until the chair turned with the little dog, Hello, father. <laughs> Until that happens, we haven't seen the whole film. I'm just going to say that. But I thought it was great. I, I really did. It was fun, bombastic, had all the craziness you wanted in it. I, I think this movie is going to be the the great fast redemption story. 
Hoping. As long as they don't go into Me space again. Me too. All right, what's next? From Jay Bling, the Fast X director drama was not a good look, but between how Fast X looks and how fantastic uh, Fast 9 turned out, Justin Lin's departure seems like it was for the best creatively. We'll wait and see, though. It, it wasn't a good look. And look, and it wasn't just a scheduling thing. I mean, they... And it's it's weird too because it's not like Justin Lin was a new director. He he had directed a number of these projects, and they yeah. just said, "I've had enough." That wasn't a good look. And the drama between Vin and Dwayne isn't a good look. And and th there's all this stuff. We'll see. You know, we'll see. The trailer is fantastic. Yeah. I'm a big Vin Diesel fan. But you're right. All that stuff wasn't a good look. But remember, it is just a trailer. We've seen many bad trailers to great movies, and many great trailers to awful movies. So. Which, the trailer's fantastic, but let's not get too hard ahead of ourselves just yet. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. What's next? From Orange Hand. I've seen enough people romanticize Penn Badgley is you character to the point that he went on social media and said, what is wrong with you people? That's true. A lot of people are hot for Joe. And he's like, he's a horrible, horrible man. <laughs> you should not be attracted. You're one of those Guilty. people. <laughs> yeah. I, I let him chop me up. No what, what's so frustrating about that show, too, is there's so many moments where you're like, you know, he's kind of right. These people are trash. All these people are horrible. But then he starts murdering folks and you're like, OK, well, you crossed a line here, Joe. I mean, the same or thing happened tampons. with. Oh, my God. With uh, Michael C. Hall with Dexter. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, realize he's a very bad person. Right. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. But hey, people like bad boys, I guess. I mean, that's that's just it. Rob, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I like my bad boys. <laughs> I think that's what he meant. What that's not what I was heck? going for, oh. but okay. Oh, my goodness. I, that took, that took a, a radical left turn when I thought we were going right. Okay. Say more words right now. <laughs> Say what? More words. <laughs> Ooh. Shall we go? So I got drunk a few days ago and ended up subscribing to HelloFresh. Support you guys even after having a few too many old fashions. Cheers. Hey, if Aww. that's what leads to you guys supporting our sponsors, go for it. By the way, listen, if Chef Rigo can yeah. try out HelloFresh, you should try. And honestly, Ann and I love HelloFresh. We think it's fantastic. And I think you guys will be very happy if you guys give it a shot, too. So thank you, Chef. Again, we are going to be planning our next uh, uh, Shogun outing here fairly soon. All right. What's next? From Al Renshaw, you don't tell Sir Patrick Stewart to stand by if you don't have plans to use him. I think Deadpool 3 and Secret Wars. Ooh. Secret War, yeah, that might be ambitious, not to mention a little far out there. I don't even know that they have a script for that yet. Yeah, so. I don't, I don't. But, but it'd I be mean, cool, leading troops in the field from that floating, that floating, it's not a wheelchair anymore, the levitating chair. The hover chair? The hover chair. The hover chair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the pointy finger, you, go there. Uh, yeah. Why great. not? You know what I always wanted them to do? And, and this name might not be familiar to some people. I, I've always thought it would have been cool, though I don't know how you could do it now, but Onslaught. I always yeah, thought I, Onslaught would be really, really cool. I, yeah. I don't know how they would do that. Yeah. No, I mean, not now. Not now. Yeah. You, now they got to rebuild their whole X-Men universe. But at the time, like, oh, it would have been such a cool idea. Okay. What's next? From the fault in our Death Stars. It's a great name. Oh I love that. Gosh. Vin said that the final Fast and Furious, I keep trying to say Fantastic Four, the final Fast and Furious villain is supposed to be the antithesis of Dom. If that's the case, then RDJ's would-be character should be named Sub. Oh, boo. <laughs> I mean. Come on. I mean. 
I feel like that one was all right. Because <laughs> at the end, I was like, oh, there, I understand the joke now. Oh. I see the punchline. But it is funny because the way he's describing the character, too, he could be describing Tony Stark. It's true. Automation, cars that drive themselves, millionaire, or Obadiah Stane. But I, I can see it working out. All right. What's next? From The Fault in Our Death Stars again. <laughs> Saw Titanic for the first time ever in theaters yesterday oh, wow. and totally fell in love with it. Can't believe Titanic's now too old for Leonardo DiCaprio to date. <laughs> there you go. It's true. He's, apparently he's dating someone who's 19 now. No. Yeah. Yes. Really? That's what I saw. It's online yesterday. I mean, ooh, ooh, ooh. legally they're an adult. I, I, I mean, there's nothing. He's got a boyish face. He does. He does. He's also got a millionaire's money. So it's yeah. all good. It's all good. I know. I feel like with that age difference, if they didn't vote in the last presidential election, you should run. <laughs> like, have you voted for a president before? I shouldn't beat you then. <laughs> now you have. All right. Mentioned. What's next? From Stubble McShave, Forbes reported that Indy Five budget was two hundred ninety-five million. Wow. They basically must make one billion to break even. No. You, God. Do you think Harrison Ford and the IP is relevant enough for that? Okay. Look, can we stop this ridiculousness? Um, even if the movie costs $300 million to make, it will not take a billion dollars to break even, okay? It will not. I don't care who at Forbes said that. It That's just incorrect. <laughs> that would be 450 or $500 million at best. I, I mean, this, this whole thing, I heard this movie needs to make $6 billion. Can, can this, this insanity stop? It does not cost that much. But look, Indy being, if it is $295 million, which, by the way, when you look at the trailer, Rob, you could easily use the term. It is clear they've spared no expense. Yes. Right. I mean, and I'm not just talking about the de-aging thing. I'm talking about the production, the sets, all that kind of They clearly spared no expense. And it would be probably the most expensive film that Lucasfilm has ever made uh, at that thing. But no, it would not cost a billion dollars to break even. Can you just stop that ridiculousness? Anyway. Uh, but yeah, I... We'll see. Now we're going to have to go and, and see if we can actually see that money on the screen. But from the trailers, it kind of looks like they just went balls out. Yep. So, all right. What's next? From Pablo Zaniga, please keep playing Zelda, arguably <laughs> my favorite game of all time. And it's so fun seeing you guys trying to figure it out. I tell you, I actually got the glider yesterday. I actually got the glider and I played a little bit after hours because uh, Anne was on a work call meeting and she wasn't going to be off till like 630. So I stayed here for an extra hour or so and played around a little bit. Yeah, so I got the hang glider. I was able to get off the plateau and then everything I came across was able to kill me. Oh. So I spent an hour just dying a lot and uh, <laughs> then running back, dying again, running back and dying again. So yeah, a lot of that. Eh, anyway, but it is, I, I got to tell you, it is a pretty fun game. I, now I see what all the hype has been about for so many years. All right, what's next? From Matt Boyle. So a friend of mine told me to watch Caligula and go in blind oh, wow. to watch it. Oh, wow. That's quite a friend. Oh. <laughs> the only thing he told me was that Malcolm McDowell, Peter O'Toole, and Helen Mirren are in it. So I watched it yesterday and what the fuck? Yeah. that's When's the last time you watched that? Well, I have the Blu-ray. I've, I've seen it <laughs> once and never so saw yesterday. it again. Like I, I, You know... It, it it was a staple of my high school college years, so watched a lot of it then. But it's an interesting movie because those actors didn't know what kind of a movie that they were making when they made it. They really thought they were making more of a serious movie. And Bob Guccione, who owned Penthouse at the time, uh, made it different. 
Why was it a staple for you, Rob? <laughs> uh, you know, we liked our transgressive cinema when we were young, young whippersnappers. Kids today need way to more Caligula it. in their lives, let me tell you. you. Know, no, no, they I'm not really going to argue with that. <laughs> All right, what's next? I hear it's good for balding. <laughs> oh, jeez. From Terry McGinnis. The worst thing the Star Wars sequels did was turning the beautiful Lupita Nyong'o into a pointless shriveled CGI lemon called Maz Kanata. Uh, no, I, I don't agree. Listen, I'm going to tell you what, I, I actually like the character. I, I, I find myself actually really intrigued with the character. They never went anywhere with it. No, they wasted another wasted character that they introduced. I mean, that was, it was a character that had a lot of potential and it's like, okay, all right. How do you know, Luke? And, and, you know, whatever. And it just ultimately at the end of the day, didn't go anywhere. It wasn't a waste of Lupita Nyong'o. You, the, you, you don't change the role of the character because of the actor that's playing it. But the character itself got wasted. They set it up with great potential and they didn't go anywhere. Like Captain it. Phasma. But again, yet just another symptom of the fact that they had no goddamn plan. They had no plan. No plan. And there's like, there's 50 examples. This is just example number 38 of the fact that they had no idea what they were doing this franchise. And they, uh, anyway, it's, I'm not going to go into that again. All right, what's next? From D. Wild, you mentioned Yo coming in second place, and we know Dark Knight was sixth place. Why don't we get runner-up rankings at the Oscars? Because it's unnecessary. Feels a bit shitty. Yeah, and, and it'd be really, really crappy to do. Yeah. Consolation Because like, you, like it's... Yeah, maybe there's some prestige in saying I got second, but then you're just kind of shitting on somebody who came in last. I mean, what's the point, right? You have your winners and you have your nominees. That's the way it should be. And it's and, just an honor to be nominated. And it is it is a tremendous <laughs> honor an to be honor. nominated. You know, somebody somebody wrote in and asked me, I think it was for an Ask Me Anything the other day, they said, you know, with 10 nominees for Best Picture, clearly at least six of them have no shot, Right. And that's true of every year. Maybe some years seven have no shot, but at minimum, six of those films will have no shot. What's the point? The point is, and why I, why I agree with it, is because it is an honor to be nominated. Like, to say your film, to, to give that extra number of nominees, to say our film got nominated for Best Picture, and to, to expand the number of films that are able to get that honor every year. So, hey, look, am I okay if they didn't have 10 nominees? Yes. I'm okay with that. But I think that's why I like the idea that that one category will have 10 slots as opposed to the other categories that have five. So, I, I, I'm, yeah, that's why. All right, what's next? From uh, Jay Bling. Also, I get Dwayne Johnson may see Jason Statham in Fast X as a middle finger to him, but I personally don't think Jason Statham wanted to play sides. I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I just, and I don't think it's Jason Statham giving Dwayne Johnson a middle finger. I think it might be Vin Diesel giving Dwayne Johnson a middle finger. Again, and I hope I'm wrong about that. I, I don't like mommy and daddy fighting. I, I want to, I, I really like both of these guys a lot and I want to see them get along. Well, I think, you know, the thing about that is Hobbs and Shaw made over seven, like you pointed out, made over $700 million. That's a nice payday for somebody like Jason Statham. Yeah. You know, they earned out, that movie earned its keep back. And so Jason Statham's like probably thinking, okay. I've never had a movie that grows $700 million based on my central character or whatever. So let's do another one. And if Vin, uh, I mean, if uh, Dwayne says no, Jason Statham's like, great. So I'm not going to get paid either. And why wouldn't he take a job in Fast 10? 
Get some, man, get some cash back. All right, what's next? You earned it. From Corey Hensley. So I've been seeing some news about how Iger uh, essentially stopped a jealous Ike Perlmutter, Perlmutter from firing a successful Kevin Feige. Thoughts on this? I mean, this is old news. I mean, this goes back all the way a bunch of years where, okay, so Ike Perlmutter was in charge of Marvel and Kevin Feige worked for Ike Perlmutter. He, he was a direct report to Ike Perlmutter. And what happened was that relationship was not working. And so Bob Iger and Alan Horn realized that there was a danger that they could lose Kevin Feige. And they knew they, that was not going to happen. So that's when a bunch of years ago, they did this major reorg within the movie division and Alan Horn took um, uh, Kevin Feige out from under Ike Perlmutter and made him a direct report to Alan Horn. Yeah. And again, one of the reasons why Alan Horn is one of the greatest movie executives of all time. Uh, but yeah, that wasn't going to work. And there, that I guess even Perlmutter was on the cusp of firing Feige and all that kind of stuff. And so Alan Horn and Bob Iger said, no, no. So it's clear you guys can't work together. So you're not going to work together anymore. Kevin Feige, you're going to continue to do all the movies. And now you report directly to me, says Alan Horn. And Ike, you go and do the other kind of Marvel things at the time. And I think there's been some changes there too. But yeah, this happened many years ago, but it was, it was a, not a healthy situation. Not a good situation for anybody. All right, what's next? Imagine keeping Perlmutter and getting rid of Feige. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. From uh, Jai CSC, chances of a movie March Madness bracket this year. 100%. 100%. This year we're going to do a March movie madness bracket. I know Ray doesn't want to hear that. <laughs> Ray's like, Grr. because no. man, the graphic work Ray's got to do on the March movie madness brackets are huge. <laughs> but yeah, the March movie madness brackets will return this year. All right, what's next? From Michael Serda, to those who say you can't polish a turd, I say nay and raise you the Fast franchise. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Like again, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Like I'm, I'm hopeful. The trailer was awesome. We have no idea if Fast Ten will be any better than Fast Nine. We just don't know. Fingers crossed. Certainly looks good. But remember this too: Fast Nine's trailers looked awesome, and looked how Fast Nine turned out. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying I'm a doubter. I am looking forward to this. I'm going to go in with a lot of enthusiasm, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. What's next? Oh, we got to do Josh. Oh, from Josh Becker. Excuse me. Saw magic. Mike thought it was a lot of fun. Anne's going to go see that tonight with Corey and then Corey are going out there having a big, I I think they might be going with Darina too. I'm not sure. But anyway, they're going to go out and watch magic. Mike, it might surprise you to find out. I don't have a lot of intentions of going out to watch magic. Mike. Um, I mean, I might've been interested in it if the cast was back. But it seems like it's just Channing Tatum. So I, I don't know. Is it, Taylor? Because you went and saw it last night. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. Um, but it's pretty much just Channing Tatum. Okay. Back. I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Because that's it's what everybody's good. worried about, getting Magic Mike spoilers right now. I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? From Kenneth Estrella. I never liked a f- uh, fan cast, but as a huge Spider-Man noir fan, if they were to announce Jack Quaid to play the titular role, it would be beyond. I would be beyond excited. I think it'd be great. My one, I love Jack Quaid, but my one, my personal one hesitation with that is I think he's too young. I'm not some. I'm not saying you got to get somebody in their sixties, but I, I think Jack Quaid is too young. I, I want to see some. But I I want to hear that grizzled. Yeah, I agree. Voice, that that what <clears throat> Nick Cage kind of brought to it, right? I want. I want a guy who's been around the block, has been a private eye for 20 years. Okay, Dennis Quaid. 
Maybe, yeah, maybe Dennis Quaid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't buy Jack Quaid as like a noir character in the 30s. But yeah. in the Spider-Man noir comic, isn't he still like a young 20-something? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I never read the comic. I'm just going great. off of what the Into the Spider-Verse oh, Spider-Man right. noir was. So, I mean, so I don't know. Who knows? But listen, Jack's a great actor. I, that's always my main concern. Are you getting somebody who's a good performer? And so I wouldn't be upset if they did. But off the top of my head, I want to see the more the Nick Cage style Spider-Man noir, which means I don't think Jack Quaid is old enough for it. But eh, we'll see. All right. What's next? From uh, Trevor sending in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Trevor. Wow. Hope everyone is having a great day. Non-movie related. But today, humans were treated to a new old Linkin Park song recorded 20 years ago, but never released out of the 20th anniversary re-release, uh, Meteora. Rest in peace, Chester B. You know, it, it's... I was, it's funny because I was just listening to a couple of the Linkin Park Jay-Z mixes in my car yesterday, Numb. Uh, which I love that tune, man. I it's love so that one. so good that he's in Miami Vice. Get him, awesome. Jay. Um, so good. It's so good. It, it is always really, it's sad though, because, you know, back in the day with the late, great John Schnepp, we had produced a show called Comic Book Shopping. And uh, we'd had Linkin Park on the show and and then you know you know what happened happened later um so it's always kind of sad to hear about that but i used to love lincoln parks music man yeah. i still I, I still listen to their music i yeah. i think they're incredible all right what's next um from al renshaw chris hi when you go see the flash will you also eat mozzarella sticks with sour cream like you said you would previously <laughs> we need a video of your enjoyment of my enjoyment of me shitting my pants in a movie theater how is that fun for anyone <laughs> I to don't fair, do well with dairy. I'm going to be in such a bad mood. Like, well, why do you Ooh, all good. like my Scheidenfreude? What is wrong with all of you? Scheidenfreude. Yeah. Scheidenfreude. All right. What's next? From Elden Goblin. I wonder <laughs> if they already did the Joel and Ellie scene at the Wyoming Museum for a future flashback or if they will incorporate it in current events. I would hate to not have this moment in the show. That is, I mean, okay, we won't give anything away about what happens later on, but I thought about that before because... The second game has a has a couple of flash. That's one of the absolute key bond, remembering the bond and all that kind of stuff thing. I wonder if they had actually had the foresight to shoot some of that footage now. But then again, listen, with technology, they could with you know, forget technology. With makeup, they can probably make Bella look the right age. If there's any digital de-aging they need to do, they can probably do that too. But it would be fun to find out later that they actually did some pickup shooting now for something that would be in season two that would be actually kind of cool to find out all right what's next from uh predimit pre premeditator Predimit i like that Archer? sorry predimitator thank you there we go which film is a more technical achievement titanic avatar 2 the abyss thanks you know i always talk about this is it's an interesting question because i always talk about like i think personally the most significant movie in visual effects history is the phantom menace because it represented to me the biggest jump from where the technology and the industry was to what could be done next. Like, a lot of people, you know, with Endgame with Thanos, yeah, that was an advancement, but it wasn't that big of an advancement. As opposed to when The Phantom Menace came out, they did like 50 things that had never been done before. Like, yeah, Matrix, you had bullet time. That was super cool. It was. It was super cool. That was crazy. So out of those ones, bring up the list again. It was Avatar 2. Um, the Abyss. The Abyss and Titanic. Titanic. 
again, Avatar 2, to me, while it is remarkable, it's refinement. I think it's taking things that have been done and improved it. You know, it, it that. Abyss, there was stuff that had never been done before. Right? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that the pseudopod sequence, which is the sequence where the it's the water probe that the aliens send through the, the base, all of that technology was basically, they didn't know how to do it. And and it led to things like the T-1000, and, yep. and then that led to Jurassic Park. They just didn't know how to do it. Plus, it's hard to believe that there was an infancy of, of CG, but, uh, you know, like you said, it led to so many things. It was pretty groundbreaking. Whereas Avatar 2 is the culmination of the last 25 or 30 years of effects technology writ large. Um, so of the, it's interesting because those I don't think Titanic was necessarily a great leap forward. I, I don't know because when you think about how old that movie is and at that time, like just that ship sinking because emotionally – you had to believe it to they, feel the horror and all that kind of stuff. They built those sets and they were huge. Yeah, but I'm like they didn't break the set in half and no, sink the no. ship and like all no, that kind of stuff. Right. No, of course. But they did have sets that sunk and they filled yeah. them up with water. But but I think that like you said, that it's all about refinement, whereas Phantom Menace did a lot of groundbreaking things that yeah. have never been done. Brand I mean, but those, that's a really good question. All right. What's next? From Wesley Nakona. Dear John and crew. Nope, below that, I think. Oh, from Inbang. Where did the term bring on the filthy come from? Okay, explain about 100 times. Quick short, uh, short notes on it. It was before uh, Fifty Shades of Grey came out. We were talking about whether it would be rated R or rated NC-17. I talked about how they'll have to limit the filthy, but I said in it, I said, they'll have to limit the filthy. I said, but don't get me wrong. I love the filthy. Bring on the filthy. And after that, everybody said it ever since. And that <laughs> and is it going all the way back to the first Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Wow. All right, what's next? Now from Wesley, dear John and crew, have you seen the Creed three reactions? And what do you think of them? Thanks and bring on the filthy. I have not. Uh, you know, it's uh, funny because I know Christian saw it. Christian and Mark Ellis did a reaction. Yeah, um, but I haven't seen it. Together. I haven't, I haven't read any of the reactions to it. I saw one headline <clears throat> on another website that said uh, Creed three reactions point to it being the best of the series so far, Ooh. which is is great because I like two, but number one was fantastic. If this is actually the best one, that's good to hear. I saw Michael B. Jordan. He did a segment on Fallon. First of all, what a, he will endear yourself, endear himself to you when you see it. He's so excited and so proud. He's become quite a, a, an articulate uh, speaker about these things. I'm really, I can't wait to see Creed 3. All I right, can't wait. what's next? From Al Renshaw, bring in Evans in Fast 11 with RDJ and have RDJ say, family assemble. That'd be awesome and funny to see. I would, listen, when you look at the stuff that Chris Evans is doing, like he's just doing a lot of fun stuff right now. I mean, he did that really bad. What was that Netflix movie he did with Ryan Gosling? The Gray Gray Man. Man. Yeah, that was not good. But uh, I mean, had his moments, had his moments. 220 million bucks. It was uh, not to make. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, it was not very good, but he's doing that sort of stuff. And I loved him as a villain. I got to say that I oh. did really like him as a bad guy. So I could totally see Chris Evans doing a Fast and Furious. Absolutely could. <laughs> All right. What's next? From TJ Perry. Favorite Vox Machina character. I can't pick one. I think it would have probably be. Uh, what's the sister's name? Not Vex. Is Yeah, Vex is the sister. Is Vex the brother? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I don't even remember. The sister. I anyway. I haven't the watched sister, I think, But I like all of them, right? Yeah. Like Pike, Grog. I, I mean, I like all of them. Scanlan is great. 
They and all of them, they do a great job in the series. I just watched the series finale, the season finale last night. It's wonderful. Of season two. Of season two, yeah. Um, it's I great. I, but I think right now it might be the sister. I but I can't remember if she's uh the sister is Vex, right? Is Vexala. So I, I think she's my favorite by a little bit, but I love all of them. All the characters are fantastic. They're doing a great job with this show. All right, what's next? From reviewed by Nick. Hi, gang. I wonder if Hobbs is dead because if Ho- uh, it was Hobbs who killed Momoa's character's father was a double tap. So I think he may have seeked Hobbs out first. I wouldn't put it by Vin <laughs> Diesel to kill off Hobbs off screen. <laughs> I got your having Jason Momoa saying, I, the first guy I got was your federal agent, dude. And you just see Hobbs's vest, that iconic vest that he would wear. Or you have, you have a lookalike. And you never see his actual face. Where are you getting a lookalike of The Rock? Uh, from Somebody from behind. You know, you see. Oh, or, wow. and, and, oh yeah, just a bald wow. head, big guy from behind, and him putting a bullet in the behind. back of his yep. head or something. <laughs> I wouldn't put it by them. Wouldn't put it by them. Definitely no more Hobbs and Shaw movies after that. Uh, all right, what's next? From CJ Rebirth. Saw Titanic in theaters last night and planning to see it next week in IMAX. Oh, my God, it looked incredible, and I was in total awe. I jump, you jump. You know what? I... I I, I'm not really big on going to see the re-releases. I, I have a couple times. And, and there are certain films like Princess Bride that I try to make an annual thing to go do. But I think I'm going to have to go watch Titanic on the big screen again. Because it, look, over the years, it became the cool thing to to bag on Titanic. It is a remarkable movie. Oh, it's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful film. I, I think I'm going to have to go watch it on the big screen again. All right, what's next? From Jedediah Elias. Maybe it's just me, but that Fast X trailer surprised the hell out of me. Between Jason Momoa's villain, little Brian Jr., and line, how do you choose the ones you save? Got me kind of emotional. Could be the best since Furious 7. Is uh, Furious 7 the best? I heard it was five from Rob. I, I, it's five. Uh, <laughs> I think it might be six. I think six might be. But anyway, oh. By the way, sent in a $20 super chat. Thank you so much for that, man. Again, let, look, let's not get too ahead of ourselves with the trailers. But the trailer was fantastic. And you're right. That's the problem with having such a big family. you got to choose who you're going to save and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Momoa's come across as a great villain. So there is a lot of things in there. The action looks tight. They're getting back to the car racing. You know, all that kind of stuff. They said family 37 times. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all there. It's all there. All right. What's next? From Alan Lang. Hey, John and crew. So RDJ is an Oppenheimer. Universal distributes both the Oppenheimer and the Fast franchise. Vin could ask Universal to ask RDJ to come aboard. Tinfoil hat theory possibility. Everyone works with everybody. Right, yeah, that's they worked with every. Robert Downey Jr. has worked with almost every studio. In that case, um, Kevin Bacon's working with everyone in the world. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, you can say something like that about Disney because he has only done a movie or two with Disney. He has done franchises. He's deeply connected in with the with the with the franchises in the studio and all that kind of stuff. Something like this. I, I, no, that that's a, that's a loose connection at best. But listen, nothing's stopping Vin Diesel from just picking up the phone and calling Robert Downey Jr. or saying, "Get get me the name of his agent and let his agent know I want I want to give a call to Robert. Give me his number." It wouldn't take all that much. All right. What's next? From Devin Lidda. I always like the soundtracks for the Deadpool movies. Any idea what the soundtrack will be for three? Oh, no idea. Uh, yeah. No uh, idea. But again, whenever somebody brings up the music of Deadpool movies, I there might be a reason out there somewhere. I, I need somebody to explain to me how Beauty Out of Ashes 
by Celine Dion for Deadpool 2 did not get an Academy In all honesty, how did that not get an it's Academy Award nomination? It's a crime. That song is flawless. It's, no, it's perfect. It's so good. And not only is it just good on its own, it's perfect for the movie. Yeah. Like, as how did... So unless there was a rules thing or something, I've never had it explained to me how that song did not get nominated for best song from... It's another it. example of homo sapiens Fast being superior. prejudicial <laughs> against homo superior. The, the, will they ever learn, Rob? Never. Will they ever learn? And by the way, this is one of the greatest music videos ever. It's so good. And at the end, when like Ryan Reynolds saying, yeah, we got to do it again, Celine. Why? Because you're like an 11. This is Deadpool. You need to bring it down to about a six. And then Celine Dion, this, she puts her throat, only goes to 11. It's like, it's like, it's a perfect trailer or a perfect music video. I yeah. love it. All right. What's next? From DG Productions, with the success of The Last of Us, do you think Netflix is reevaluating their Assassin's Creed show? We haven't heard any news about it in almost a year. No, that would just be being re reactionary. They're, no, they're, they're not reevaluating re whatever. They're going to make the show they're going to make. Uh, the success of Last of Us is Last of Us. W what are you going to do? You know what? Let's change Assassin's Creed. Instead of, it's, it's trying to kill fungus now. No, I, I mean, like what? No, it's not going to impact or affect what they're going to do. I think they already got their stuff lined up here. But um, I, listen, I cannot wait later tonight to watch The Last of Us again. Don't forget, guys, Last of Us is, is going on HBO Max two days early this week because they're avoiding the Super Bowl. Smart move. Uh, but it means we get Last of Us tonight. So make sure you guys tune in and watch. I, I, we're past the halfway point after this episode. Yeah, I mean, because well, like, what is it? Nine episodes? Yeah, it doesn't. Oh. It, so there's four episodes left for the f entire first game. Well, yeah, but remember, I mean, we. <clears> still, I think they're skipping some stuff. Even after tonight, they got. So uh, we'll see how far they get tonight. They still got four hours of story to tell. That's right? true. And like, yeah, with the game, but you're taking out ninety percent of the game time with the the running <clears> around true. and doing it. So I Just think they the, where they're going to go. That's like two feature films. They still have to go, so but it does. It is depressing. To I don't think, think they'll pass the halfway. I don't point. think they'll go to that university from the game, the first game. So. I don't think they go to the university because in that in that part they explained it, the virus came from that university in the game. Yeah, and that's but, different from how they've yeah. set it up here. All right, what's next? From uh oh, just ending with some support up here. Uh, from Bat Shark Repellent. Nice. Oh, thank you. Great. By the way, one of the greatest moments in pop culture history is the bat shark repellent. One of the greatest moments in pop culture history. And anyway, guys, that'll do it for today's installment of the John Candy Show. Thank you so much for being here, making the show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Uh, don't forget, guys, to like this video, click the thumbs up button, subscribe to our channel. Why don't you do that? And leave a comment down below. All those things help our channels and our videos go out to a wider audience. So, guys, have a fantastic weekend. Make sure you got your Super Bowl plans all lined up. And for everybody in the room, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett, Ray Ora back there, Taylor Gonzalez, and Jonathan Voika running the show, and of course, the delightful Chris Carr. My name's John Campy, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. And until next time, my friends. Bye-bye.